You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. It is a, another edition of Locked On Indians. we got some things to talk about on today's show. Uh, we'll just get right to it. Some minor moves by the Indians. We'll talk about the newest addition to the uh, group out there in Arizona. We'll discuss the San Diego Padres and how they again came up for the Lindor deal, but how silly that all is. We'll talk about the New York Mets because uh, it was a Bleacher Report had a you know perfect deals for buyers or sellers between the Mets and Indians, so we'll analyze that one as well. And that's going to kind of be our primary focus is looking at those two teams today. We'll also hit our Fantasy Minute brought to you by Lee Kamish. And we'll see where we go from there. You know how it is. I always think that uh, I need like three to four topics, and then I way, way, way go over. So let's start off with, um, oh, and then the third thing I did want to talk about, finally hit my new answer, is Yasiel Puig. Um, so let's actually start there, and then we'll move from there. So Yasiel Puig is the last player left from the top 50 free agents uh, from MLB Trade Rumors. Brock Holt signed with the Brewers the other day, so we're down to Puig. And Puig is an interesting character. Um, he's not someone who's ever been into trouble, really. He's an eccentric. He has, you know, maybe rubbed some people the wrong way, but he doesn't cause any difficulty as a player. Uh, you know, he's not someone who's out there with off the field issues or any of that. Nothing even resembling that. So why is he still out there when there are people like, you know, Chapman who get big deals to not hit free agency, who shot a wife, shot a gun at his pregnant wife, or Roberto Asuna who like had his wife go into hiding so she couldn't press charges or a girlfriend. You know, they're people who are legitimately uh, do terrible things and still have jobs. But why is Puig the last guy left standing? Well, it essentially comes down to likely two things. One, um, the talked about money that he wanted. Uh, if he hasn't come down from that, he's in for kind of a, a heartbreak there because that's just not going to happen at this point. And I think two is just honestly, is he worth money? You know, it's like, outfielders are there's a lot of them I know we don't necessarily see that as Indians fans but he his biggest sin might be that he's just good and he he has a personality that does rub people the wrong way so no one wants to pay for good with an annoying personality they'd rather pay for really talented terrible human beings than pay something for you know, a player where you're looking at him and going, well, last year his combined OPS plus was a 100. You look between the Indians, and it was, I mean, his time with the Indians, he actually was not that productive. He hit just two home runs over those 49 games. 297 average, 377 on base, 423 slugging. Uh, the, his power completely got sapped, and that's what kind of knocked down his production with the Indians. But he, or I'm sorry, that was the total bases I was looking at for the 77 his OPS plus is 109 inspiring his time in Cincinnati but not as good as what he had been in the past now he is just 29 years of age just turned that in December he still has you know prime years left by by most measures but I think really the cardinal sin for Yasiel Puig is asking for too much combined with an annoying personality um something that just rubs people the wrong way there's clearly something there because again you know by all reports he does a lot for his community uh, teammates, some like him, some do not. But there's nothing there. There's no big negative I can point out with Yasiel Puig. No off the field where he has gotten himself in trouble. But I think it's just at this point, he, he looks... You know, those first two years, he was awesome. 
since then, you know, the 925, 836, the OPS plus that year, 159, 145. Then it was 110, 98, 119, 120, 100 this year. And I think it's just, again, it's, is he, who's going to pay for an average outfielder um, who also can rub some people the wrong way? And I think that is why Yasuo Puig is the last man standing. You know, he is the cheese, as it were. He stands alone. We'll see what happens with him. It's it's interesting. Um, I feel like, you know, somebody like the Tigers have just been sniping guys as they kind of get desperate. Uh, my all-free agent team, if you look up on Twitter, is an absolute disaster right now. There's just not enough left to make a team. Danny Salazar did finally make it. Uh, but it's like guys like Ryan Lemaire. I just did I'm like, well, he, he had some time in the majors. but So Puig being out there really sticks out. Another name that kind of sticks out is Lonnie Chisenhall. Um, did not play at all last year. And with Chiz, I would kind of like to see the Indians bring him into camp. And just, if you're going to have a non-roster invitee, he strikes me as kind of the guy to have. Didn't play at all last year. Um, in the 30 games he played in 2018, a, a 321, 394, 552, 846 line. And then you go back to the year before, we had 82 games, and it was a 288, 365, 21, 881 uh, for his career, 102 OPS plus. Like he actually was a pretty good performer when he was healthy. He just has not had that opportunity to be healthy. And you know, the fact he's played in 30 games the last two years is uh, kind of crazy. It's just you'd like to see more from him uh, getting it all together at this point. But Chisholm Hall, just another name to throw out there in terms of old friend alert. And even Cody Allen got a non-roster invitee to the Texas Rangers. So a lot of guys, old friends, are getting those. But Chisholm Hall, still out in the cold at this point. And if you're curious just about the injury there, it was issues in both of his calves. And I think he also broke something. He He's just, he's too young to fall apart. Uh, Chisholm Hall is, he's got to be under. I don't know, he's 31. A little bit older than I expected, to be honest. But yeah, just odd odd calf soreness that uh, made him miss the whole year and a broken finger before that. So, yeah, I'd still like to see Chisholm all get a chance, um, but the injury bug for the last three years has been crazy with him. So let's talk about this deal that uh, Bleacher Report had for Francisco Lindor and the quote-unquote making the, you know, buyers and sellers win. So the deal would be the Indians, because, you know, the Indians need to cut money and they're, they need to retool and rebuild. No, they don't. The whole point of this team... Um, is they're trying to do everything on the run. Uh, if we have time, we'll talk about the Zips projection and Nolan Jones as well. But, um, you know, there, there's some players coming up who uh, the Indians have set themselves up to kind of replace and try to keep keep this engine humming. We'll see if it works, but that is the attempt here. This is not a full teardown. So the obvious point at, at the centerpiece of any deal is Ahmad Rosario uh, going to the Indians. Now, Rosario is offensively and defensively average. Uh, he's 24 years of age. He already has two seasons in the majors. Maybe there's a chance for a little bit more there. He's he's a good player, but that's it. I mean, he's he is a good shortstop, um, as opposed to Lindor, who is the best shortstop. Uh, and he only has two more years of control. So it's four years of good or two years of the best. And... Uh, I don't even think that's a close thing at this point. So it's like, I like Rosario, but Rosario can't be your A beat in a deal for Lindor. You just can't, he can't be anymore. At this point, with what he has shown, he has shown himself to be average. Um, Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, Again, he is only 24. He played at 22 and 23, so there is growth potential. 
but you're banking on what you've seen in the majors, and that's good. Uh, the other pieces they mentioned, Brett Batty. Now, Brett Batty is was a first-round pick, 12th overall. Uh, a lot of people loved the power tool there and his ability to hit for power, but he is the oldest high schooler I had ever seen who had first round uh, to be a first-round draft pick. When you're like, well, how old could he have been? He is someone who turned 16 during his freshman year of high school. He turned 19 during his junior year. He will be 20 and a half uh, when the baseball season begins. And, you know, he was drafted last year. So, and on top of that, you know, in rookie ball, he hit 222. Yeah, he walked at a high percentage and there was some power. Um, and the WRC plus is, is good for rookie ball. But, you know, it's... It, the numbers aren't dissimilar. I mean, a higher batting average, but there's a lot of Bobby Bradley in that. Let me put that that way. I wasn't a big Brett Batty guy. Um, he's. I always thought he'd have to move to first base more than likely. But, you know, he's not a top 100 prospect. And for a team like the Indians that is so age conscious, Brett Batty doesn't make any sense. So that's the first point where I'm like, oh, this person is not looking at the Indians at all. And then David Peterson. Peterson makes some sense as a tertiary piece. Um, again, he's like a back of, I, I liked him a lot out of Oregon, uh, as a lefty who's always missed bats since he was drafted in 2017 though, he has pitched in, uh, like he's just, he hasn't pitched a lot. Uh, so three games, the area is drafted nine game, uh, 22 games in 2018. I guess he's pitched enough. I just, I didn't, I misread that. My bad, but 22, 24 pitched all last year, double a, Strikeout rate of near 9.5, a, a walk rate under 3, a home run rate under 1. Uh, ground ball rate, 52%. Uh, some good numbers, but again, he is your definition of a tertiary piece. So the, the the proposed deal that's a win for the Indians is the Indians don't get any of the Mets' top 3 prospects. As a matter of fact, the Indians don't get a single top 100 prospect. Um, and they get a good but not great outfielder. Uh, it is a significantly less of a return than... Mookie Betts for one season got. So that's where I kind of go back and go, just stop people. Like, I understand uh, I was on a Atlanta Braves podcast today, and the person was talking about the Kluber deal, and I'm like, you have to understand, Kluber isn't Kluber. He's not the Kluber of two years ago. The Indians aren't going to sell guys cheaply. They go and they see what they like. Uh, but Lindor should, at this point, net more than Betts. Betts netted, you know, uh, Alex Verdugo, who is a better player than Ahmad Rosario. I think you put him straight head-to-head. Verdugo is the better player. Uh, he has shown more potential, more ability. He's also an up-the-middle player. Uh, Connor Wong may not be rated as high as either of the guys in this deal, but I actually like him more than the guys going over in this deal. And, you know, Jeter Downs is, at worst, Ahmad Rosario likely down the rat line. Uh, not as safe, but he's a top 100 prospect. And the Dodgers uh, ate $50 million in salaries, which is the equivalent of multiple high draft picks. Um, the $50 million, basically eating that $50 million from the Red Sox is the equivalent of two prospects in and of itself. So Verdugo is a better player. The prospects, um, in a straight-up order, yes, Downs is better than Batty, significantly better. One's in the upper minors and an up-the-middle player. The other's in the lower minors and extremely old for his, eight, for his you know class. And the other, Wong, I would still take over Peterson, though I do like Peterson, plus $50 million in savings. Like, I, This is what drives me nuts and probably drives many of you nuts when you look at these just silly trades that are coming out. Let's go into our Fantasy Minute 
brought to you by League Commish. And I really wanted to find you guys a good deep sleeper for the Indians for the League Commission Minute. But uh, the thing is, I don't feel like there is one for the Indians. Everything's pretty well defined. I think we know who and what they're going to be. So instead, it's just looking at this team. um, Who's someone who could be undervalued? Who's someone who you may be able to get a good deal on? And I'm going to go with Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, Reyes has now had a full time to become accustomed to the Indians, to get to know that park. You know, he already was friends with some of the players here. That's great. But now, you know, Fran Mel is going to be in Cleveland for a long time. He's not even arbitration eligible uh, until at, at the end of this season. He can't become a free agent uh, for four uh, until after four more seasons. He is a longtime outfielder for the Indians. You look at the home run production, 37 home runs last year between the Indians and the Padres. 37. How many people realize that? Uh, 81 RBI, 69 runs. I think he's going to have 40 home runs this year. I really think he's going to have this chance. He's just going to settle in. He's going to be in Cleveland, which is a easier place for him to hit. Uh, he's going to have more protection in the lineup than he had a year ago. And Framel Reyes, keep an eye on him. If you need power in your, your league, if you're in a 5 by 5 league, you're looking for power, uh, go get Franmo. 40 home runs this year. I think it's going to be the year where he finally gets across that marker. What are you doing for the game? A universal question. Where the casual follower, the tweets everything, the beginner, the diehard stat nerd, the smack talker, the person who couldn't care less, and the one who makes everything into competition. We all have our place in sports. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports, and League Commission exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. You've heard me read this already. This is all great, and you have to know that if you sign up with League Commission by the 29th, you're going to get 15% off by entering the code Locked On in the referred section of the sign-up form. The first 25 people to sign up get their first match for free. Let's go past the ad copy, though. I'm telling you, as you get older, I know there's other people like me who are getting close to 40, your fantasy leagues start to fall apart. You know, Maybe you're more hardcore, and some of the other guys or gals are, are not as interested, or you're looking for a more casual league. That's what League Commission is for. Use them. Take advantage. Find a league that is for you and what you're looking for. Right? This is the, the Netflix of, of fantasy. It is going to help you wade through and find what you want. Go sign up for League Commission. Help out the podcast. Using that promo code locked on, 15% off as long as you do it before the end of the month this February. And there's a chance if you get on this quickly that you will get your match for free. League Commission. So, some minor moves with the Indians. Let's let's just dive into those. Andrew Velasquez, claimed by the Orioles, who then waived Richard Arena, who's been waived, I believe, uh, four million times this offseason. But uh, Velasquez, and again, it's so weird that the Indians waived him as they could have moved w- at least one player, if not two. I mean, if you look at six to eight weeks for, um, for Clevenger, that means we're somewhere between, what, 30 to 40 days? And it's, you know, a 60-day disabled list. Since he's going to have some spend some time in the minors, it's very easy. He's not going to pitch for 60 days. Like, they could have done that. I mean, Taylor Naquin is not going to be healthy in 60 days. Uh, but they chose that. And then they, the Indians added Zach Weiss. Uh, yes, he's from California. No, uh, not related to Walt Weiss as far as I can find. And a sixth-round pick of the California— of uh, No, he went to UCLA. Sixth-round pick of the Reds. Tenth-round pick out of high school— 
by the Pirates didn't sign. That was back when you didn't lose pool money if you didn't sign a day two pick. Uh, one of the appeared in one game in the majors, uh, didn't record a single out, so he has an infinite ERA. Gave up four runs in that one outing. Uh, I don't mean this as a negative about anyone, but when you look at a player and their entire bio is about the fact that he is Jewish or Israeli, that's that's a net negative sign. And if I looked at a player and their entire bio was about them being Christian, that would be a net negative. If it was about being Muslim, Hindu. If they're a baseball pitcher and their bio is 90% about their religion and 10, 10% about their play, that's all you really need to know. You know, if, if someone's really good at something, it's going to be first and foremost, they're good at baseball. And second, you know, all the things. And, and I understand there's not um, a huge group of Jewish baseball players. So it's really cool, actually, uh, to see that and to see the representation with that. Um, but when I went there and I'm like, okay baseball is like the secondary mention if if you're a baseball player and baseball isn't the primary mention then you you haven't been very good at baseball so that's it's the takeaway on zach weiss uh again uh nothing about him in that i think again very cool that he has dual citizenship and all of that stuff and uh you know it, my whole thing is you know if i go to your thing and you are a baseball player and it's 90 percent about board games you play and 10 percent about baseball that's going to be a concern that is where I kind of am. So, again, it's a non-roster invitee. It's just someone who adds depth. He uh, he did pitch in the bigs with the Reds. He was with the Twins. Um, by all accounts, a really smart kid. This could also be, honestly, um, just he might be a smart kid who does know a lot about pitching. The Indians might have people who know him. This could be one of those things where he is 27 years of age. Uh, they could be scouting him not so much as a player but for a coach. Um, this could be someone where they think he could be a good coach down the line, and this could be a way of getting him in the system and getting to know him. Uh, so that's just something to keep in mind. Sometimes when you look at someone who is, you know, the very intelligent player by all accounts, that that can be a reason why they want to get someone in system, get a chance to get to know them. So that was the Indians' other addition. So with uh, what's left on the show here, we're going to go over because we always call over. Let's quickly talk about the Padres. The Talk is the Padres want to still try to acquire someone. You know, they were big in the um, bets talk, the, the stuff. It never really came together, partially because, like, they wanted someone else to take Will Myers off their hands. And why did they want someone to take Will Myers off their hands? Because Will Myers is owed $20 million this year, $20 million extra, $20 million the year after. So he is owed $60 million, and he's not even a league average bat. That is a concern. Um, he has a... I believe a team option in that final year after that, and I don't see a, a buyout listed, so maybe there isn't one. Though that would be uh, a heck of a surprise if a player did not have the some kind of buyout. That just doesn't happen anymore. I'm going to check one other site. Uh, supposedly there's still talks between the the uh, Red Sox and the Padres, where the Padres would send a bunch of prospects, so that. Um, the Red Sox would use some of their new flexibility to take Will Myers off their hand. Will Myers had a negative BWAR last year. Uh, he can't play the field. He's not that strong of a hitter. Uh, $1 million buyout. Uh, and he had a signing bonus at the start, so that's why while it's listed at twenty two five in some places, it's really $20 million. And the big takeaway with Will Myers is, you know, he was... He was a... He's, he was Yasiel Puig. His first year was awesome. And then it just slowly turned into a league average bat. Um, unfortunately, someone made the decision to give him big money, which no one has made with Puig. 
and now he's, you know, just finished his age 28 year and he wasn't even a league average bat and he's a well below average defender. So he brings no value. I mean, that's the thing. His 60 million is you're going to have to pay someone to take it just like the uh, Red Sox essentially paid to get rid of half of price. The other problem then after you get past that is when you go back to the Padres, we talked about Myers. Then there's Eric Hosmer who like anyone who casually followed baseball at the time knew like this is a ridiculously silly signing that Hosmer was one of the more overrated players in baseball. He was a below average bat last year. A similar theme. It's interesting because the Padres have been so active in free agency the last few years and they have made, and yes, Myers was a, a traded piece they acquired. But when you go look at Hosmer, Hosmer was a 93 OPS plus. Like that's, that's pretty terrible. Uh, especially at first base like that that that's acceptable maybe in a catcher or shortstop at first base that is well below average and he is owed 20 million this year 20 million the year after that 20 million the year after that player option for 13 player option for 13 player option for 13 um full no trade uh through uh this year so and he's not gonna opt out if he keeps playing the way he is I mean that's we just did sixty million and that's thirty nine, so he is owed ninety nine million dollars through the twenty twenty five season. So he is untradeable, um, which is another ridiculous contract. And you know, just to keep in mind what else they're paying, Manny Machado is a very good player, but he is owed thirty million next year, and he is owed thirty million every year through twenty twenty eight. Yes, you heard that right, through twenty twenty eight, thirty million dollars. He does have a opt-out uh, after 2024. We'll see um, if he does that. But that is a lot of money still on the books for him. So between those three guys, uh, and then last year, they knew that Garrett Richards was hurt. They gave him $7 million. He pitched eight innings. This year he makes eight and a half. Um, hopefully he pitches for them. I and mean, that's why they paid him last year, knowing they weren't going to get anything. And a team that supposedly wants to take about $10 million off their books right now, Tommy Pham, they added at 79 uh, signed Pomeranz, who's going to cost six. Uh, traded for Jackson Profar at five point seven. They added more salary when they made that trade with the Brewers. Davies is for five point two. Brought back Stamen at four. Uh, Austin Hedges at three. It makes you wonder if they're going to find if they consider moving on from him with all their catcher options. But my point is, I mean, it's they have so much salary, and it's like, what would it, if they're trying to cut nine million dollars? And then add Lindor's 19. Like, if you add Lindor's 19 and you want to cut 9 million, moving Will Myers isn't enough. Like, you need to... Essentially, they'd have to, like, ship out Will Myers and Kirby Yates in separate deals to then get themselves under the point where they can add Myers. And if you're shipping those out, what's the point? Or, I'm sorry, to add Lindor. And then what's the point of adding Lindor? Like, it's it's an odd situation. I don't see anything happening. The Padres have been kind of around a bunch of deals. But at the same time, like... The Padres could have straight up, to a degree, gotten... I mean, you look at what happened between the Padres, the Indians, and the Reds. The big piece was Franmil Reyes. Uh, Yasel Puig was, a, was, I would say, the number three piece in that deal. Around. So Logan Allen was the two. Scott Moss was probably your four. And uh, Victor Novo, your five. Like The Padres could have straight up done that. If they wanted Bauer and the extra pitching, they could have gotten Bauer straight up. Like the three most important one and three in that deal war were from the Padres. Uh, they, I just, I don't see them getting it together. 
you know they've it's always interesting how they're rumored to be in on a lot of deals and they've just sung some minor ones like basically i'm calling false here i don't think and i think we're going to have to unfortunately be dealing with this for the entire season until either a trade happens or the indians are so good that a trade is off the table we are going to be stuck hearing oh this team's interested that team's interested because every team's going to be interested in him uh he's the best shortstop on the planet right now what person what team who wants to contend doesn't want the best shortstop on the planet uh when you get further down to it it's like if they did that then what did the Padres do with their team you got Machado at third you got Tatis at shortstop there's he played some outfield this uh off season so I guess maybe you move him to center and they have traded away like all of their outfielders in the past year it feels like um I mean, the starting outfit from last year, uh, majority of the first half has been traded away at this point. So I, I just don't see it happening there. Um, you know, maybe the Mets occur down the further down the line. But honestly, again, when I look at that, that whole situation with the Mets, I understand not trading Steve McNeil. I understand why they'd be like, no. Uh, I, Rosario is a piece that would make sense. Peterson makes some sense. But there's got to be something bigger. It's got to be like Nimmo and still more. Because again... Uh, when people look at these deals, they keep leaving off the whole idea with bets was that money savings as well. That That's that's like multiple prospects. I know I talked about that already, but it sometimes boggles my mind where people don't kind of understand some of the more intricacies of the game with that or, or realizing that eating money is a big deal. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of calling BS. I don't think anything's going to develop. The Padres just don't make a lot of sense for the Indians as trade partners because when you look at the Padres in general, uh, the top prospects are all arms. The Indians are all arms right now. Um, I mean, Luis Camposano, who's been rumored in the Will Myers deal, it's like he's a low-way guy. The Indians have not been someone who really, when they make a big deal, that they get a piece in those low, lower, lower-end minors. Padres aren't moving Gore. They're not moving Patino. They're not probably not going to move Abrams. Then after that... It's just not as interesting of a prospect pool. It's it's just not. And when you look at their lineup, I mean, they're projecting. I mean, Franchi Cordero has never stayed healthy. Jackson Profar is not great. Mejia at catcher. I mean, we still don't. He hasn't been able to establish himself there. Uh, Gresham is going to play center field. I mean, he seemed to break out last year, but Milwaukee was very quick to move on. Hosmer, we already talked, is a disaster. Machado is a uh, a good but probably overpaid player. Tatis. Uh, you know, he had an awesome year. Uh, Tommy Pham is a really good guy, but it's their their minor their bench is not particularly awe inspiring. The guys in the upper levels of the minors, it's like, are you how much do you like Ty France? Um, you know, how much do you like Hudson Potts? These are the guys that uh, are going to get, you know, I'm sure the Indians, just the way they've kind of looked at things, Jake Cronworth would be interesting. Um, maybe a, a Josh Naylor type, but it's, again, I just, I don't see those pieces at this point in time that make a ton of sense between the Indians and the Padres. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a, a stamp of no on that one. Boy, I went long today. So we're going to end it there. Uh, we'll have, of course, one more show this week, a chance to talk about uh, Nolan Jones ranking in the Zips prospect system. It's a really interesting take on that, something we will certainly have to talk about. So stay tuned. Uh, remember to download every day. Uh, listen. Uh, it's, it's been a big push of late is now that they're, they're actually tracking 
more than just downloads, but making sure you download and listen. That is a great thing for the show. Download and play, you know, basically is what it gets down to. So, again, I really appreciate each and every one of you out there. And as always, go Tribe.